Welcome to episode 54 from Best Book Bits. Today I'll be sharing Matthew Dixon and Brent Adams, The Challenger Sale, Taking Control of Customer Conversation. This book was published in 2011 and weighing in at 240 pages. Based on an exhaustive study of thousands of sales reps across multiple industries and geographies, The Challenger Sale argues that the classic relationship building is a losing approach especially when it comes to selling complex, large-scale, business-to-business solutions. The author's studies found that every sales rep in the world falls in one of five distinctive profiles. And while all these types of reps can deliver average sales performance, only one, the challenger, delivers consistently high performance. This is my take on the best book bits I found worth capturing. If you like what you hear, I strongly suggest you buy the book using the link in the description. So without further ado, I bring you The Challenger Sale. E.K. Strong contributed to the new idea that selling wasn't an innate ability. It was a set of identifiable skills that could be learned. There has been a huge change to transactional selling as a result of the internet. Purchasing has gone through a major revolution. The five distinctive profiles of salespeople, the hard worker, the challenger, the relationship builder, the lone wolf, the reactive problem solver. Research shows that relationship builders were likely to be star performers. In contrast, the challengers who were awakened to manage and assertive both with customers and with their own managers came out on top. Conventional wisdom has long held that selling is about relationships and that in complex sales, relationships are the underpinning of all sales success. Yet over the last 10 years, there's been some disturbing hints that relationship-based selling may be less effective than it used to be. When we asked 1,100 customers what they valued in salespeople, we were surprised at how few times they mentioned relationships. It seems that the old advice, build relationships first and then sales will follow, no longer holds true. The relationship and the purchasing decision has become decoupled. I believe that a customer relationship is the result and not the cause of successful selling. It is a reward that the salesperson earns by creating customer value. If you help customers think differently and bring them new ideas, which is what the challenger reps do, then you earn the right to a relationship. Surveys of customers consistently show that they put the highest value on salespeople who make them think, who bring new ideas, who find creative and innovative ways to help the customer's business. Customers demand more depth and expertise. They expect salespeople to teach them things they don't know. How you sell has become more important than what you sell. In this world of dramatically changing customer buying behavior and rapidly diverging sales talent, your sales approach must evolve or you'll be left behind. The challenger rep is the rep who loves to debate, the one who uses his or deep understanding of a customer's business not to simply serve them but to teach them to push their thinking and provide them with new and different ways to think about their business and how to compete. Six attributes that set challenger reps apart. Number one, offers the customer unique perspectives. Number two, has strong two-way communication skills. Number three, knows the individual customer's value drives. Four, can identify economic drivers of the customer's business. Number five, is comfortable discussing money. Number six, can pressure the customer. On this graph, we'll look at the five different types of salespeople. 
Number one, the hard worker. 21% of the sample, always willing to go the extra mile. Doesn't give up easily. Self-motivated. Interested in feedback and development. Number two, the challenger. 27% of the sample, always has a different view of the world. Understands the customer's business. Loves to debate. Pushes the customer. Number three, the relationship builder. 21% of the sample, builds strong advocates in customer organization. Generous in giving time to help others. Gets along with everyone. Number four, the lone wolf. 18% of the sample. Are you a lone wolf? Follows own instincts. Self-assured. Difficult to control. And last but not least, number five, the reactive problem solver. 14% of the sample. Reliably responds to internal and external stakeholders. Ensures that all problems are solved. And detail-orientated. A challenger is really defined by the ability to do three things, teach, tailor, and take control. A challenger is focused on pushing the customer out of their comfort zone. The relationship builder is focused on being accepted into it. The challenger rep wins by maintaining a certain amount of constructive tension across the sale. The relationship builder, on the other hand, strives to resolve or diffuse tension, not create it. It's the exact opposite approach. Challenger reps deliver insight that reframes the way the customers think about their business and their needs. Challenger reps communicate sales messages in the context of the customer. Challenger reps seek to leverage constructive tension to their advantage across the dimensions of the sale. The challenger rep doesn't give in to the request for a 10% discount, but brings the conversation back to the overall solution, pushing for agreement on value rather than price. Challengers are also able to challenge the customer's thinking and pressure the customer's decision-making style, both to reach a decision more quickly as well as to overcome the indecision inertia that can cause deals to stall indefinitely. You can't be an effective challenger if you're not going to push your customers. Discover your customer's most pressing points of pain and then build a tight connection between what's keeping them up at night and what you're seeking to sell. It's not what you sell, it's how you sell. Loyalty is one out in the field, it's in the trenches. During the sales call, it's the result of the conversations our reps are having with customers every single day. Your ability to outperform the competition in the sales experience itself will earn you the customer loyalty more than anything. Customers place a great deal of importance on a smooth, uncomplicated purchase. Five attributes that stand out in the loyalty survey. Number one. Rep offers unique and valuable perspectives on the market. Number two, rep helps me navigate alternatives. Number three, reps provide ongoing advice or consultation. Number four, rep helps me to avoid potential landmines. And number five, rep educated me on new issues and outcomes. Customers are saying rather emphatically, stop wasting my time, challenge me, teach me something new. Quality insight trumps all else. Insight is all about teaching customers new ways of thinking, pushing them to rethink their current perspectives and approaches. That's the real bombshell finding of this work. Loyalty isn't one in product development centers, in advertisements, or on toll-free helplines. Loyalty is one out in the field, in the trenches, during the sales call. It's the result of the conversations their reps are having with customers every single day. The entire remainder of customer loyalty, or 53%, 
is attributed to your ability to outperform the competition in the sales experience itself. Over half the customer loyalty is a result not of what you sell, but how you sell it. As important as it is to have great products, brand, and service, it's also for naught if your reps can't execute out in the field. Demonstrate a high level of professionalism. Likewise, customers place a great deal of importance on a smooth, uncomplicated purchase. No one wants to work with a supplier that makes any purchase more complicated than it has to be, especially a solutions purchase. Don't make your customers work so hard to spend their money. Instead, what sets the best suppliers apart is not the quality of their products, but the value of their insight. New ideas to help customers either make money or save money in ways they didn't even know were possible. Great questions aren't enough. You've got to have great insights. Why should our customers buy from us over anyone else? On this graph, we're gonna look at the deconstruction of a commercial teaching pitch. So, step one, warmer. Build in credibility by reading the mind, demonstrating empathy. Commercial teaching follows boot camp theory of shocking the customer with the unknown. Call number two, reframe. First reframe of unrecognized problem, need, or assumption. Number three, rational drowning. Gradual intensification of the problem, both in degree and closeness to the customer. Okay, number four, breaking down the problem behind the unknown. Four, the emotional impact. Psychological features of the problem or presence in the individual's workflow, humanizing its problems. Then building back the customer's confidence in a new solution. By number five, value proposition, a new way. A new framework for addressing the problem. Implicitly tied to supplier value proposition. And then last but not least, number six, your solution and implementation map. Map of supplier services or solutions linked back to key teaching points. Highlighted path to implementation. But if your story fails to engage both sides of the brain simultaneously, the rational and the emotional, it's too easy for your customer to make no decision even over a good decision, as logic alone is rarely enough to overcome the status quo. Disruptive change is as much about following your gut as it is about following your head. If you're going to reframe, then be sure you really reframe. This is not the place to be timid, as the entire approach rests on your ability to surprise your customer and make them curious for more information. Talking about the customer's business in ways that help them boost productivity. The best sales conversations present the customer with a compelling story about their business first. Teach them something new and then lead them to their differentiators. Don't lead with, lead to. Remember the real value of interaction isn't what you sell. It's the insight you provide as part of the sales interactions itself. Solution selling is customization in the moment. The rep's primary job from shifting, discovering needs to guiding a conversation. A successful teaching pitch must do four things well. First, it must be big. Done well, it will be seen by the customer as more expansive and far-reaching than ordinary ideas. Second, it must be innovative. It has to push the envelope with new, often untested and unique approaches. Third, it must be risky. Big ideas mean that we are asking our own companies and our customers to take a big risk in adopting our idea. And lastly, it must be difficult. The idea itself must be hard to do, either because of scale, uncertainty, or politics. 
Otherwise, why would a customer hire you to fix it for them? Remember, while relationship builders seek to reduce or diffuse tension, challenges constructionally use tension to their advantage. Customers want to talk about their business, not your solution. The single biggest incremental opportunity to drive growth isn't the products or services you sell, but in the quality of the insight you deliver as part of the sale itself. The biggest driver of the end user and the influencer loyalty is the rep's professionalism. Customers are simply looking for a professional, someone they can believe and someone they can trust. The best way you sell more stuff over time isn't by going directly to the person who signs the deal, but by approaching him or her indirectly through stakeholders able to establish more widespread support for your solution. Challenger reps aren't focused on what they are selling, but on what the person they're speaking to is trying to accomplish. The challenger's ability to demonstrate and hold firm on value and the ability to maintain momentum across the sales process Challenges are comfortable discussing money because they are confident in the value they will provide to the customer. Challenges also create momentum. Their deals don't get stuck nearly as often in a no decision land, the way typical deal core reps deals tend to. This is because a challenger will push things along, always thinking ahead to the next step. Challengers understand that the goal is to sell a deal, not just having a good meeting. They are focused on moving ahead. Challenge differentiate themselves by taking control from the start. Customers value this because they see the challenger as a confident partner in the sales process, not a nervous rep crossing their fingers in the hope of making a sale. Relationship builders will do things that are not in their best interest or in the company's best interest. For instance, proactively offering a discount when the customer hasn't even asked for one. We find that many sales professionals undervalue their contribution to the customer. They marginalize the tremendous value of their company's resources, not just technical expertise, but implementation and change management know-how, and overestimate the value of every objection raised by the customer. Taking control is all about creating constructive tension, about challenging the way a customer sees the world and pushing back constructively in tough negotiations. Anatomy of successful negotiation. Number one, Acknowledge and defer. Number two, deepen and broaden. Number three, explore and compare. And last but not least, number four, concede according to plan. Reps are encouraged to say something like this. I understand that price is something we need to address, but before we do, I'd like to take a moment to make sure I completely understand your needs so we can make sure we're doing everything we can to make this deal as valuable as possible for you. Is that all right? What are you looking to achieve with a 20% reduction? The frontline sales manager in any sales organization is the fundamental link between strategy and execution. This is where change innovates and sales force transformations live or die. Great reps don't necessarily make great managers. You can't just excel at sales to be a great sales manager. You've also got to excel at management as well. In the army, there's an old saying that applies equally well to sales. No plan survives engagement with the enemy. No matter how carefully one plans for battle, running through every possible scenario of what might happen and what might go wrong, the reality on the field will inevitably be different. As a result, army leaders have adopted a style of leadership known as commander's intent. Commander's intent is just that, 
a clear, conscious statement of a specific goal a commander is looking to achieve. Sales innovation is the single biggest sales-related attribute contributing to world-class sales manager performance. Sales innovation. Sales innovation is a missing link in terms of fully realizing the benefits of the challenger selling model. Coaching is behavioral. It's not just about obtaining skill and knowledge. It's about demonstrated application of that skills and knowledge. Training is good for sharing knowledge. Coaching is about acting upon it. The unique advantages of coaching stem from how it's tailored to the individual and systematically delivered at the end point of need. Essentially, what we found is that the bad coaching and bad managers make people want to give up. From low-performing reps to our superstars, none of them can be bothered if they don't feel they're getting effective coaching from their managers. Coaching quality matters. Teaching, tailoring, and taking control. Well, that is it. Thanks for watching episode 54, Matthew Dixon and Brent Adams, The Challenger Sale. Follow us on social, search us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you liked the video, please purchase the book on Amazon by clicking the link in the video description. Subscribe to the channel, give me feedback on what you think, and if there is a book you want me to do a summary on, please let us know. Thanks for watching. Have a great day.